Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I'm made. I'm made of gravel. I'm made of gravel. I am gravel. I'm a big pile of gravel. Look at me. I'm made of gravel. I'm a gravel man. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we come up with five sketch ideas. I'm Andy Matthews. I'm ATB. Yes. Did it, did it, <laughs> did it, did it, did, did it, it, did it, uh, and hello and welcome. Welcome to all of you, you yeah. know, and apologies for not releasing a proper episode last mm-hmm. week, but, you know, sh- showing you behind the curtain mm-hmm. at uh, one of the Patreon exclusive, once ex- they were once exclusive, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now the word is out, um, mm. but... Uh, that we just keep them behind a curtain. We just keep them Anybody behind a curtain. Anybody can tweak it aside and have a bit of a peek. But there's lots of that kind of stuff and sci-fi try guys behind the Patreon curtain. Yes. But that's that's not what we're talking about today. But today we are doing something a tiny bit different mm. because there has been some uh, some people signing up to the Patreon. There's been an influx of people signing up to the Patreon, supporting the podcast, giving mm-hmm. us three $8 donations. Mm-hmm. It's, it's um, you know, breathtaking. It's been breathtaking and we thank you. Uh, but we thought because there's a lot of the three-word suggestions piling up, we thought that today maybe – we would try to dedicate an episode to three-word um, suggestions and From, try to get to a few. Correct. We'll see how we go. Mm-hmm. Probably five. Maybe Probably six. Five. Will we do the regular five sketches yeah. but with Patreon suggestions? Yeah. And then afterwards we always do an extra one. And this time, something special, we'll do it with a Patreon suggestion. I think that that would be a beautiful <laughs> way of doing it, Andy. I was already contemplating also doing that. Yeah, great. Well, it sounds and, like um, it's going to happen. God, well, we got both Andy and Al on board. Yeah. God. That's a that's a that's almost a quorum here in the think tank. Should I should I start by reading a Let's just start by reading out, Al. How about this? This is from Miles. Mm, Thanks Miles. Miles. Yes, Miles. It, it, could, it could be that. Yeah, Miles. Hello, Miles. Oh, your three words are yes, Space Boy, Biatch. <laughs> so, wait, Space Boy is is like is like two, is is hyphenated? No, no, it's just one word. Space Boy, Space Boy, Space Boy. Mm-hmm. I like it. Biatch. Mm, hang on, how's that spelled? B e e y o t c h. Biatch. Yeah, great. And asshat. But it could also be as shat. Mm, a shat. Yeah. A shat. Mm-hmm. Sounds um sounds Indian. You know, sounds That's maybe right. a little something like a like a sort of a Hindu temple. Yeah. Of a shat. That's right. That is beautiful. Mm. And I mean that's a good place to start. Um, you know. I mean, is yach a thing? Is a yach 
Mm. It's sort of like a, it's kind of like a sticky yacht, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is something that I've never noticed mm. before. But almost no forms of transport are sticky. That's true. <laughs> it's true. It's it's almost like it's a real gap in the market. <laughs> if you're say an entrepreneur, you know, and you're looking yes. for things that people. Mm. Maybe not necessarily want, but haven't mm-hmm. made yet. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a because maybe people don't know that they want it. Who's who's to say what's the the better way to go about your entrepreneurial business? Mm. One one is to like look uh, for things that people want, mm-hmm. and then see if there's a gap in the market for that. Yep. And the other one is to not worry about whether or not people want it, but just look for the gaps. That's true. Yeah. Well, well, we we know that the skateboard has grip. On the top, mm, right? Mm. Sandpaper, yeah. And that's in a f- form. It's like it's like sort of like it's, it's like a dry stickiness. It's like a dry stickiness. Mm. It's friction, mm-hmm. right? Now, uh, and we know a snowboard is slick on top, mm. but it's got straps <laughs> to yeah. hold you there, which is the ultimate friction, sort of. In that's a way. right. And so it's like you don't tr- if you, once you don't trust friction anymore. Mm. You know, well. Let's say instead of straps, mm-hmm. there was sort of just two huge sticky globules. Mm. Well, what about instead of seat belts? Mm-hmm. Okay, the seats in cars were just sticky. I love that. You know, it's kind of like a bean bag, but it's like a gummy, a mm. gummy kind of honey style thing that you sit in. <laughs> that's sort of stiff, mm. but it you, you it kind of envelops you a little bit. Now imagine a beanbag, but the balls inside, instead of being uh, that, that that foamy stuff, mm. they're sort of a bit more like a frog's egg. Mm. You know, they're sort of gelatinous and gloopy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Then you plonk down onto it, and some of that oozes out through the fabric. Mm-hmm. Right. Clings onto your back. Clings onto you. Right. And then when you want to pull out, when you pull off, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it kind of unclings and then seeps back in due to its own surface tension or whatever. Due to some sort of a thing, you know. It unclings somehow, it knows. Well, you pull away from it because you you (laughs) pull. Yeah, but you don't want to just be able to pull away from it because then when you crash the car, you'll go out through the windscreen. But it's like like one of those, um, like like sort of like a non-Newtonian fluid, but Mm. for sort of harder oozes. Non-Newtonian fluid. Yeah, non-Newtonian fluid. (laughs) And so then when you apply f- hard pressure, mm. it gets really stiff. That's actually a really, really good idea. Mm. They need to come up with a kind of glue that's only strong sometimes. Mm. Maybe that, that already exists. Yeah. But then is there the risk? This is my, my – the one risk I can see with this yeah. is when you're breaking really softly. Yes. Could you then – Really slowly go through the <laughs> through windshield. The windscreen. <laughs> <laughs> but then, why couldn't the windscreen also be made of this stuff mm. so that it's like a nice soft? When you hit kinda... it slowly, you just sort of ooze through it. Yeah, or it but if you just... hit it hard, it's like bam, slamming yeah. into a brick wall. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it'd be awful. Um, <laughs> but if you do get thrown at it slowly, mm. it kind of like gently catches you and kind of cuddles you. Mm. It's almost like a folds sort of a side... around you. Yeah, maybe yeah. blocks your airways. Your airways? Well, unfortunately, that's yeah. maybe the only other downside. Mm. <laughs> I think I think I think sticky 
sticky car seats could really be a thing because if there's one thing that we all agree, it's that seat belts are for dorks, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's right. Like you, we we, we, were dro- we drove past some people in a jeep the other day, like an old World War Two style jeep. Mm-hmm. And like I bet that in the war, though, all those cool soldiers off to fight cool wars, mm. I bet they weren't wearing seat belts, right? Of course not. No, because you like you. It feels like if you go into battle wearing a seatbelt, mm. in a way you've already lost, right? Mm-hmm. You've lost not the high moral ground, mm. but the high cool ground. That's right. And what would you rather be, a winner mm. or a dork? Or a dork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you can be both. Mm. I think, you know, at the end of World War Two, we found that um, the Nazis were both the losers and the dorks, mm. right? So that's kind of like a double loss yeah, for them. Because they were so organized as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm so organized. Doing what they're told and yeah. like having their uniforms all like, you know, fancy and, and that stuff. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Real dork stuff. Yeah. But then you look at some other wars mm-hmm. like, um, let's see. The Balkans? <laughs> What's one that I can be on the right side of historically speaking <laughs> while still making this point? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. The American War of Independence, right? <laughs> One that doesn't really feel like it matters, historically Great. speaking. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't involve some just like, you know, uh, some... Mm. Forget it. I the wasn't... British lost, but they came out looking cool. That's true. You know? <laughs> yeah, and they didn't wear any seatbelts. And they didn't, exactly. Did they ever have seatbelts on a horse and cart? Really good question. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah? Yeah. I guess some people were probably a bit more health conscious. What about yeah. helmets? Did they ever wear hel- helmets whilst? I don't know. Not bike helmets, though. Not bike helmets. Is there Not... any other bits of transport that could be sticky? Mm, let's see. Airplanes. Oh, airplanes. No, I mean, like... I mean, if they're sticky on the outside, I guess you'd collect a lot of bugs and stuff. Could you be in, like, a real... Like, in, a, in an egg? Mm. If you're in an egg in mm. an aeroplane and it crashed, would you have like less a gelatinous egg? A gelatinous egg. And so in there, you just kind of got like a, a little oxygen tank that you can. Mm. Yeah, and then you crash from. and like you just sort of fly out and just sort of bounce across the countryside until mm. you come to rest. Somewhere. This is this is not that dissimilar from our other idea, which was a way of jumping out of planes using a big sandwich <laughs> or a cake. Yeah, <laughs> you're a inside cake. a cake. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, the egg part, I guess the, the harder outside might help protect the thing on, on mm, the inside. Could be something, might be a, necessary, you know, that famously strong and hard outside of an eggshell. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to a different, some different suggestions, Alistair. I think we've absolutely got something there. We could pitch this to Elon Musk. Well, so I reckon true. he's looking for this kind of stuff with his new, new kinds of cars that don't look good or behave well, mm, turn, yeah. don't cor- turn corners very, very well. Is that a thing? Oh, there was some footage of him burning off in a, one of those new oh, um, pickup yeah. trucks from mm. something, and it was the car really kind of like leans out around the corner. Oh, yeah, it looks right. a bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> looks like it's about to flip over. <laughs> uh, let's see. So another set of words mm. that we have here is from Stephen Polbrook. Mm. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Steve. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Stephen. 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 Okay, you do. You do. Stephen. 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 Oh, you got to hold it. 
Steven. Steven. All right, that was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Steven Paulbrook. I've, I've never been conducted before. Well, I was just trying to... It, were, it was really, you were barbershop duetting. Mm-hmm. Steven Paulbrook has three words. Do you want to try and guess what one of them is? Um... <laughs> We came up with choir shop barbers on the uh, on a different episode, mm-hmm. didn't we? Yeah, we did. Choir <laughs> shop, a bar. choir of like two hundred people who show up to cut your hair. Is that what yeah, the idea was? That's right. Yeah, yeah. But they're all dressed in robes and things like that. Yeah, they, robes. They don't sing. No, <laughs> no, they just cut your hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, the words are. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm just assuming that you weren't going to guess it. Yeah, no. I think that that would get rapidly. Even more tedious than it already is uh, if we were to do it for every set on this episode. Nation. Mm. Approbation. Mm. Flocinosinihilipilification. Nation. Probation. Yeah. Flocinosinihilipilification. <laughs> and. Sinihilipilification. <laughs> Dare I ask, Alistair? Have you looked up the definition of flocking a salafapalification? Because the only thing that it makes me think of is flocking. Flocking. You know, like you can get a, uh, you can get a, um, sometimes you can get a, an airbed, you buy an airbed, and it's been flocked. You know mm-hmm. about flocked airbeds? You ever seen this? Oh, are they like a camping one? Yeah, it's like a camping airbed, but the sur- it's all made from just some rubberized plastic mm. or something, but they've done something to the surface of the top layer of rubber mm. that is, it's a little bit, it's a, you could almost imagine it's like a bit of fabric or something like that. It's like it's a little bit, little bit soft, a little bit hairy, like, mm. like a, like a sheet. Yeah, right. I'm not sure if I have. Maybe if it's at one of those camping airbeds that you and is self-inflating. Mm, is that what it is? No, no, it's one that you'd have to pump up with. A thing. Okay. One of those thicker ones. Oh, you know, you those a, ones that are a bit yeah. hairy. Yeah, a little yeah. bit hairy, a little bit soft. I know that's kind of like a like an artificial velour. Mm, yeah, it's like artificial velour. <laughs> Were you deliberately making a joke then? I, I knew immediately as I said it that it was a joke, yeah. but I wasn't doing that on purpose. <laughs> Um, this is the action or habit of estimating something as worthless. Flack, flaxy, mm. nasty, mm. nihile, mm. prolification. The, the, the habit of estimating something as worthless, like I do with everybody else's opinion. Yep. Is that right? Yep. And, and and evidence that doesn't line up with what I'm pretty already sure is some pretty convincing evidence. Floxanosine, a hillabilification. Floxanosine, a hillabilification. A floxanosine, a hillabilification. You know, I think that that might be. Either a made-up word that somebody made up as a joke mm. and then somehow it got included in the dictionary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it's a very old kind of old Britannian word maybe mm. that became Welsh or something like that. I don't know what accent I'm doing here, mm. but you can tell that it's kind of from that region there, mm. in there somewhere. And you can tell it's definitely like from it's, the sort of the British area because you feel confident doing it. I'm very <laughs> confident doing it. it well, you know, I'm doing it all speaking. over the place like this. They're <laughs> hawks and all today, it all feel like a creation. It, um, 
it's a it's you know there are a bunch of words that are in there in there that are in the dictionary and that sort of thing very like it's it's you've snuck that one through by mm. it being technically a word right because you've like you've crammed mm. a few technical things that are technically suffixes together and yeah. technically prefixes and that sort of thing you made made mm. something that that is a word but would would never be used it's taking up dead space in the dictionary and it's it's there to sort of mock mm-hmm mock all the words that should be in the dictionary mm. but aren't. It's yeah. got a kind of word privilege well, because of where mm. it comes from. Yeah. It got in there through nepotism by being descended from actual words. Yeah. But then there's lots of new new words working hard, yeah. helping people, doing stuff for people every day by meaning things, being easy to mm-hmm. say and being useful. Mm-hmm. And then some flocks in orphanage filification. Yeah, it's just in there you know, has done nothing for nobody ever. Do you think it's like uh, the royal family? Are there any numbers like that? A satirical number? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I feel like there's probably a lot of the irrational numbers. Yeah, I was about to say uh, the square root of minus one. Yeah, oh, is that's no, an imaginary number. Oh, that's an imaginary yeah. number, sorry. But like something like the square root of two, okay, is an irrational number, mm-hmm. right? But it, um, but, but still is useful. Right, okay. Be- uh, because um, you know you use it in mathematical calculations, that sort of thing. It's related to two, but then there's a bunch of um, of irrational numbers mm. that's sort of there with just like a you know an irrational number. In case you don't know, is one where the you can't express it as a as a fraction of two different whole numbers. Yeah, right. right? Uh, and pi is one, mm. and uh, and and square root of uh, two e is one. You know all these things, now, but some of them are useful, and some of them are just there, just because they're just, just numbers. So you can never actually write them down. You can never actually use them in anything because they're just. Mm. <laughs> We've got imaginary numbers. Mm. We've got what was the one you just said? Irrational. Irrational. Numbers. Are there unreasonable numbers? <laughs> Thirty-four. Thirty-four. You go. Mm. Just stop it. Mm. Just stop doing that. Stop mm-hmm. being that. I guess in a way, pi is an unreasonable number. Because it just kind of keeps going. It's got no pattern. It's just kind of – it's being wacky for wacky sense mm-hmm. because it kind of knows that you need it. You, yeah, exactly. It's taking the piss, isn't it? It's taking In the fact, piss. In fact, it's – you know, it's – pie is, is, is basically piss or, you know, it's on the way. Yeah. Um now, is there any sketch in this, and is this in any way related to flock and all? I guess it is related to the flock and all kaneke hilemelification. I mean, we could do better with the other words that we were given: nation, probation, mm. right? That feels to me like you know you could the, the sort of situation where you could be a country. Mm. Maybe you're allowed to be a country for a while, but you don't have full country rights. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could be a thing like where you know, let's say you've decided that you're gonna find a sort of relatively shallow bit of the middle of the ocean, international waters, mm. and then start making yourself an island. Mm. And then once you do make it and you kind of keep making it bigger, mm. maybe you made a lot of money on Bitcoin or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. and you're just making it bigger. And then at some point you're like, oh, now the world has to pay attention because it's kind of big enough. But they're like, well, right now I'm going to put you on nation probation. Mm. We're going to let you be a country for a bit. But on your P's, on mm. your probations, and then we'll see. You got to do some good stuff in order to be accepted by the world community. I wonder what kind of stuff you'd have to do, like invent something. Oh, may- maybe. I mean, I'm, I think there's a lot of countries that probably are known 
you know, that exist that aren't known for their sort of uh, engineering prow- mm, prowess. Sure. I like the idea of, a, of, of, of being out in international waters mm. and finding the shallowest bit. Like there might be a bit of international waters just somewhere in the middle of an mm. ocean where the water's like, you know, only like ankle depth, mm. right? So you could be out there and you could probably just live. You wouldn't even have to build it up or anything. Your feet would be wet. Yeah. Sure. But you could just sort of, you know, splash around. Make and a pile sort of, of sand. Uh, no, 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 no. You no. keep it all underwater. All right? underwater. That way, you know, they can't get you. They can't get you like that. <laughs> You're um, still in international waters. Could this be exactly what China is doing with those Pacific island, with those islands in the Pacific? I think, uh, I think it could be something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that would definitely. I think that would be a loophole, mm. right? Because they're just out there. They're just waiting. Yeah, they're not invading. They're, they're in waiting. waiting. They're in waiting. <laughs> can you can you breach a country's international sort of like their state boundaries by swimming into them? Um, I guess you can. Right? Yeah, like is that freedom of navigation? If you're swimming, mm. there's freedom of navigation. We have had the one man freedom of navigation thing going Did we? through. Yeah. Yeah, great. Through the South China Sea. Right, great. I'm allowed to do this. <laughs> I'm allowed. Can't get me for this. Um, um, but, I mean, look, I mean, a country yeah. that's underwater. Mm. I mean, it'll. it's probably going to happen. So It's you know. true. I mean, do they lose their country rights when that happens? Mm. I think... Uh, the I foreign aid, maybe. Yeah. I think there would be certain things that, that disappear, but it, you might find that it's actually good. But would you create a society? What would the society look... Where would you sleep? Mm. Um, Maybe on on each other's piggybacking. Mm. I mean, I suppose you could still have beds, right? And the beds would just mm. sit in the water, and then you'd be out of the water to lie in the bed. Mm. You know, it'd be really bad storms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. That'd suck. Waves coming through. <laughs> waves. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about waves. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yuck. I wonder um, if you could set up some sort because you know how you can have artificial wave pools mm, on land. Mm. I wonder if you could build something that is sort of like an artificial wave canceller. Mm. You know, if you could just do the whatever you know, it just generates whatever the opposite of the wave is yeah. and cancels them out, and then you can make an artificially c- calm mm-hmm. section of the ocean. Yeah, maybe using sort of satellites or blimps or something. To... Well, sort of like, you know, like uh, noise-canceling headphones, mm, but, but wave. with physical waves. Exactly. Yeah. I think we, we, could, we could turn that into a thing. Yeah. Right? And then you just, you, then you just make an, a nation of wet-ankled people mm. um, in the middle of the... And mostly damp up, apart, up above as well. Sure, sure, sure. You'd be... <laughs> From ocean spray and things yeah, like that. Yeah, you'd be damp. You'd be, you, you'd be fairly damp. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and crusty, salty. And it'd be one of the salty. only countries where no matter where you are, you could be attacked by a shark. Correct. You know? <laughs> Did you know? Fun fact. Mm. Um, no, I think that's... I mean, it's a sketch idea? Yeah, write it, it down, write it down. <laughs> yeah, I think we, you know, we, we, we sort of worked through some of the kinks and some of the technology. Um, we, but what, we, what would the sketch look like, though, in your mind? Um, oh, God. Uh, let's see. It could it could be a um a travel, uh, documentary type thing, like mm. a kind of a getaway kind of thing. Is where it just sort of like six people live there. They just walk around this mm. sort of like little mm-hmm. sandbar. Mm. And um, you know, it's 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 a, it's a region in the in mm. the in the in the middle of the ocean that they're just sort of you know they're trying to get their tourism Going. up and talking mm. about the the advantages of it. And, yeah. 
I guess anything goes. Wow, you can gamble as much mm. as you want. Mm-hmm. And then you, you accidentally drop your chips, your, your poker chips in the water, and they start mm-hmm. floating. <gasps> Crab takes them. Crab, yeah. Mm. Imagine that. Crab's trying to share the sandbar with you. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the idea that there's like, there's like you know, two of the four, six people that live there mm-hmm. have to be the ones holding you up while you sleep. Mm, you work in shifts. Mm. Yeah. So you Because lay... in order to maintain their um their status and not breach any sort of international regulations and that sort of thing, maybe they aren't allowed to have any freestanding stuff mm. that stands above the ocean. Build any infrastructure and things like yeah. that. Even they, in the way in which they st- stand above the ocean, they kind of... I mean, I think you're allowed to stand above the ocean, but I guess you're not allowed to build any stuff because it's technically... Mm. Mm. Oh, China probably doesn't like it. Mm. Yeah, I think it, yeah, yeah, it would piss everybody off. They've, but they found yeah, they found a little loophole that That's if you're great. willing to remain damp, you can get away with a lot. Which is crazy because also the part that they're on is one of the only things that isn't whole. Oh, they're surrounded by sort of ocean hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's still a little. It's still yeah, it's shallow. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like you said they mm. found a loophole, but really what they found was yes. the opposite of a hole. A lump hole. Yeah. No, not a hole. A loop lump. A loop lump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the flimsiest idea we've ever come up with on the show? Andy, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure all our listeners are are just... So pleased that they're hearing us do such good work with their ideas, mm, with their words. Thanks. Yeah, no, that is good. Um, what we have next is from a person called Henry Smith. Henry Smith. Henry Smith. Oh. With the words, museum, asteroid, and justice. But there's a little letter O here, and I'm not after justice. And I'm not sure whether they put that in or I accidentally put that in. <laughs> justice O? Justice O. <laughs> and I like to think of that being a judge's name. Justice O. Mm. You know, sort of like share, but with just one letter. Mm. There are no fabulous justices, mm. are there? The sort fabulous of... Justice O. Yeah. Mm. And they wear like robes but very elaborate robes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sort of and they they have a judge's wig mm. but it's a different kind of wig oh it's very tall yeah and long and, and wide yeah <laughs> uh it's like an sort of like a like a ancient sort of dusted one of those ancient dusted wigs mm. but wide like a sombrero ancient dusted wig you know those like shakespearean dusted wigs dusted Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
You know sort of it? like a judge's wig, you mean? Well, like powdered. A it's a powdered, powdered wig, wig rather yeah. than dusted. Yeah. It's dusted but, with powder. Right, right, right. So it goes sort of straight out. Wide like that, but then yeah. up into then a big... A, a dome? Well, you know, like more like a beehive or something, you know? Mm. I guess it. I guess that's a form of dome. I guess the, uh, domes don't have to be semicircular. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, probably just curved on top. Mm. Could mm. be a flame shape. Mm, sure. Ah, uh, Justice O with his flame-shaped <laughs> dusty wig. The most fabulous Justice. And then, you know, he... Just because Justice is blind, it doesn't mean it has to dress shabby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no excuse for not looking fabulous. <laughs> He's a southern... He's like a southern lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I declare... <laughs> Um, um, the fabulous justice. I think, oh, I think what were the other two words there? Um, ah, <laughs> uh, this will t- t- tell us the direction of the sketch. Yeah, museum asteroid. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Justice O was provi- presiding over the uh, mm. the uh, the people. Mm. versus space mm. because wow. the people had their museum destroyed <laughs> by, an, by astro- an asteroid that would be really interesting mm. wouldn't it if we um if we started to hold well i mean if you think back to the to the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs mm. i mean that is a it's a court case waiting to happen it absolutely is that's mm. a class action mm. and by class i mean the all uh, class no wait <laughs> i mean yes yes cuz the justice over i think class is one of the um the classifications in uh you know in the species i think reptiles mm. might even be a class yeah. and in which case they have a class action against that that asteroid dinosaur yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so <laughs> For some reason, Justice O is overseeing this thing. Reptiles versus mm. uh, asteroids, right? Oh, yeah, because it, it's also a museum. So this is the second time an asteroid has des- d- destroyed dinosaur bones. Mm. So it, so the a, a, an asteroid came back to finish off. What the, was left of the dinosaurs. What was left of the dinosaurs to really rub it in their face and destroyed a natural history museum. And that was too much for the reptiles. Well, well, somehow oh the, 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 peop- the people, as the living creatures that are left, mm. are representing the reptiles. Mm. And they're coming and they're realizing that maybe this isn't all an accident. And so the, the prosecution mm. is is putting forward the suggestion that there actually is some force up there. Well, I wonder if an asteroid could be sentient. Now, hear me out, okay? okay? Uh, the ast- Sorry, an asteroid belt. Did I say that? If an asteroid belt could be mm-hmm. sentient. Now, think about an asteroid belt. What is it? It's a whole lot of asteroids mm-hmm. sort of all arranged there, spread out a little bit, but sort of like that, mm-hmm. right? And what are they doing? They're moving around. They're bumping into each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe those bumps communicate information in some mm. way. Maybe they act like the synapses and the neurons in the human brain. Well, Maybe it operates very, very slowly over mm. a very wide time scale, but um, the, all, those, all those rocks taken together form a consciousness. Well, I mean, if the, if the world really is, um, can be, what, what is it called? If it really is deterministic, mm. then there actually is. This is what uh, I've had a discussion recently with... Uh, 
Lawrence Some Lung, acid. Lawrence, Lawrence Lung's partner, oh, yes. Maya, mm-hmm. about, and she works in sort of decision-making, cognitive sort of neuroscience kind of stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so all those researchers, they don't believe that we actually make decisions. According to the evidence, it's all deterministic and it's all just happening based on chemical reactions mm. that, are, that can all be predictable. Okay. Right? And so if that is the case, then there's no difference between – the physical yes. nature of what's happening in a brain and the physical nature of what's happening mm-hmm. in an asteroid belt. Mm-hmm. So consciousness itself is just a continuation of uh, movement from the, uh, the, uh, the, the Big Bang. Mm. And so if you can prosecute a person with mm-hmm. their mind, mm-hmm. then you can prosecute an asteroid belt. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> and Justice yes. O is just the judge to do it, to put this asteroid belt in jail. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, and um, I'll tell you the asteroid bort ha- belt. Um, you know, you know that uh, uh, obviously asteroid bort is actually what it's called. <laughs> okay, great, good detail. And then we're going to bring them all down and pile them all up, and then put a cage around them. Mm, okay. Maybe maybe exploit them for their minerals. I think I think and, to and make that, license and then plates that all goes to the to the reptiles. That's right. It will be money to. I guess just give suddenly reptiles become the richest animals on the planet. What? Well, I mean, I mean, I guess if it were up to the reptiles, they would probably then just climb on top of those rocks mm. and bask in the sun. That's true, you and the, also the glory of their victory. Oh, absolutely. But what do you do? You think what the what the reptiles would do with that money, or do you think we could just assume that they would want us to have it? I think. <laughs> I think it would be interesting to see how long we waited <laughs> before we just started taking the money off the reptiles. <laughs> and here you go. And then suddenly they're just like, you know, we're, we're dressing them up, trying to spend the money for them on them. Yeah. This you know, is we've set up an orga- sort of an independent organization mm. that's doing it and buying them gold chains and Sort of like when a, a, an hat. insane old lady leaves all her money to her cats yeah. and there's like a caretaker who mm. has to look after the cats and the caretaker starts to decide that the cats want a lot of trips to the Bahamas and that's that kind right. of thing. Yeah. We're like that, but with reptiles. With all of the reptiles who've got this huge payout mm. from all the minerals in these mm. asteroid belts that were... That were prosecuted for um... what a what a fascinating sequence sequence of events. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what you get when you put in a few words. I mean, we probably for the other suggestion suggested words, we probably should have really been as elaborate of that and mm. made sure that we were including all the words. I mean, that's a novel thought. Doing what we said we'd do, I'll bear it in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like the, I like the sound of this Justice O character as well. <laughs> I think that their robes would be figure hugging. Mm, I think one, yeah, one would be the the front, the front. I mean, the under robe, mm. but then there'd be this kind of frilly cape robe mm. that kind of maybe is open at the front and the back. What about a cl- <laughs> sort of a clear plastic robe? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's black in the dark. <laughs> it's black when the lights are off. <laughs> Justice, you're out of order. You're out of order. Get out of my courtroom. Sugar? I don't know. Mm, okay. Now he's like Foxy Cleopatra. <laughs> <laughs> I judge like like one of the female protagonists in the Spy Who Shagged Me, or the third, mm, no, the Gold Goldfinger, gold gold member. Gold member. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm I, I like it, and I'm also turned on. Yeah. Great. So. Um, 
You know, that's comedy. That's really good. Um, what we got here, and you're not going to believe this. Um, this one goes all the way back to our good friend, Daniel J. Let's Play Podcast. Daniel K? Daniel K. <laughs> when I put things in, they get corrected. And I know I know, I know that it's Daniel K. I wonder what K stands for. You think it's Kellogg's? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, special K. Is that special Daniel, Kellogg's? Daniel, thank you for everything. Daniel K., thank you for everything that yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, I hope to see you soon. Listen to his uh, audio-only Let's Plays podcast. <laughs> Daniel K. Let's Play Daniel, podcast. Daniel is one of the most prolific and creative people on the internet, mm-hmm. and you've got to check out some of his stuff. Everything he does is good and funny. Even his interests are, are good and funny. Yes. Correct. Um, Excluding this one, mm, obviously. Sure. Um, this isn't I, good or funny. <laughs> we don't we don't compliment ourselves on this podcast. That's what that's one of the that's one of the things I like about us. <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the core beliefs of mm-hmm. uh, of the Two in the Think Tank podcast. Okay, so Daniel K's Let's Play podcast have suggested three words: octonauts, mm. sketch, mm. please. <laughs> Feel like there's a message in there somewhere. Yeah, but I feel like he's also he's burned two of those words, right? You feel mm-hmm. real confident about uh, one of your words. Mm. You can, you can, you can, yeah. You can do anything with the next two. Mm. You can coast. Good first word and just coast. And this is the thing is that with the the other word, please. Mm. Uh, I mean, the word please is both sort of a polite request mm. for what you want, but it's also the effect that you want the other person's actions to have on you. Mm, to please you. Yeah. Mm, yeah. This pleases me. Mm. Let's focus on the words sketch please. I think that's I think that's what Daniel is you know, two thirds of the words are the words sketch please. So yeah. I think if he if we came up with something based on that, <laughs> I reckon he'd be he'd be two thirds happy. I mean do you think Justice O's full name is <laughs> Justice Octonauts? <laughs> I've only seen one episode of The Octonauts, but mm. I really – I liked the look of it. As mm. a family who watches way too much Paw Patrol, the worst television show in the world yeah. that I hate and that makes the world worse and is ruining the minds of my children yeah. and poisoning me against them, my children as well. Mm. Yeah. So driving our family apart. Yeah. Um, but driving but, but them – But it's every little dogs day. driving them around. Correct. Your family apart. Yes. Um, um uh, Octonauts seemed seemed fun, seemed creative, yeah. and seemed seemed to have like interesting information. Somewhat had, uh, educational. They, somewhat they, educational. They, they teach you about basically a new and sort of more rare sort of sea creature each episode. They yeah, well, I go, didn't know that. But um, well, in your, the episode you would have seen, they would have taught you about a sea creature. There was an octopus of some kind, but Great. I figured there probably was in every episode because it's called Octonauts. Well, that might be the base that they're in. Oh, no, but you're right. There was there was a tiny little um, sort of plankton type thing as well that mm-hmm. was living in um, in water that was red because of rust. And I was like, oh, this is all really interesting information. Mm. Do you think that water that was r- rust? Do you think it's that? You know how there's that thing where it's like dust that flies off from the Sahara. Flies up into the air and lands in the ocean and is responsible for like a, a huge part of the nutrition that the ocean gets and is you know responsible for 
the flourishing of many creatures and things like that. Is that you think it's? I have from never that? heard any of this, Alistair. Mm. That's real interesting. Turns out that even des- deserts, who we you know that we consider to be pointless mm. and kind of you know a real waste of space. Yeah, we all do. Mm. Um, <laughs> they they also serve a purpose. Mm. Things like that. Anyway, so they're sort of seasoning the oceans with um with top, whatever topsoil or top mm. sand. I think um. Salt makes everything more delicious, except for the ocean, right? Well, it makes water less delicious. It's but, weird, isn't it? But that's because there's too much salt. Maybe, yeah. You Do you know? think it's just a little bit of salt yeah. into some water? Mm. Just the right amount could really sort of enhance the flavor of the water and yeah. make it just... Just like brings out the chlorine. Mm, mm. The chlorine. Yeah. In the... <laughs> ah. Oh, you can really taste the lead leaching out of the pipes. Mm. Wonder, can we what, need... wonder what lead tastes like. You want to know, don't I you? I do want to know. Mm. Do you think that maybe just before we die, we could have a little lick? Well, you know, a lot of people are like, well, if I get too old, I'm just going to give myself a big shot of heroin, you know, just mm. so I can know what it's like. Well, we don't have to do that because no. we're going to do something way funner and more creative. <laughs> so we're going to suck on a lead pipe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you could taste the lead, how would you have the lead? Um, yeah, I guess I guess I would just... I would just suck on a pipe. Like, I know it's like a soft metal, so it would be quite nice to be able to bite into a metal and see little dents in mm, there. Like, yeah, that that'd would be, be satisfying. That would be satisfying. You'd really feel like you'd made an impact yeah. on the world. Well, I guess, look, if, if is there a way to integrate these kinds of ideas mm. of interesting experiences that you can only do right before you die? Into and, an episode of the Octonauts? Well, and, <laughs> and an underwater team. <laughs> That goes on adventures and things like that. Maybe like an underwater team mm. that gets called out to sort of d- different people who mm. uh, who are basically on the end, and it helps them fulfill their last wish that may kill them as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, I like the idea of you know how sometimes a children's show will do a special episode where they somehow deal with death mm. and help uh, help kids to like sort of process that idea. This show. Will be that every episode, every episode. except for one, <laughs> except for one when they... something happens in the real world that they feel that they have to address. Well, like <laughs> no, I was thinking of something where that that happens where they have to ad- address a, a specific sea creature <laughs> in one episode. They go, and this is a special episode where it's just about <laughs> that manta shrimp. <laughs> I think that's really good. So it's an okay. under a team who have an underwater base. Yeah, and then they have like at every episode they address death, they address and grieving. Yeah, and a person who's like either wants to die mm-hmm. or or mm. is at the end of their life mm-hmm. uh, for various reasons, mm. um, and then they help them do something that they've always wanted to do, but that probably will kill them. But it doesn't matter now to them because they're about to die. Mm. So, so every episode is a very special episode, mm. except for one episode, except for one, which is about <laughs> mantis. <Shrimp. laughs> And it's lost its brother or something like that. <laughs> and they help them find that. And they have a tea party. <laughs> yeah. But, the, but that's the only episode they call a special episode. No, no, no. I think every oh, other okay. episode is a very special. special episode. And this one's not a special episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Great. Um, and what do we call it? We call it um, Octomorts. Hmm. Um, what does the octo mean in that? Well, they're octopuses. Oh, they're all octopuses. <laughs> yeah. Or are they... They just wear an octopus costume. Sure. <laughs> they, they, which you actually have to keep dry. Okay. <laughs> so they. It's water soluble. It's made it's just, from. It just um, gets really heavy if you go in the water with oh, okay. it. Okay. 
So they have to like be in bubbles. They have to sort of be in sort of like, you know, underwater scooter bubbles. Right. So they are still underwater. Yeah, they have an underwater team. This is why it's still kind of an octonaut sketch. <gasps> so this is what I'm saying. It's like this is what's interesting about them. They have a base underwater. They could be like these people who live in this ankle deep water. <laughs> I think I thought what was interesting about them was that they exclusively address death. Well, that's it. That is interesting. But the fact that they're a team who live together underwater mm. in a base, probably so they can avoid land tax. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You know, there's no water tax, is there? I don't think so. Not that I know of, but I haven't worked in fisheries. I wonder. I wonder if you could, you know, if you were on land, mm-hmm. right? If you're on land, you could maybe flood it as a way to avoid land tax, right? Say you've got a property. You've got, you know, 200 acres or whatever. And you're sick of having to pay for it. If there was a big lake in the middle of that property, you wouldn't have to pay for that land, okay, because that's underwater. But what you can do is you can build just a very small wall all the way around the outside of your property mm. and then just fill it up with water. That's right? a great idea. And then loophole. No more land tax for you. That's right. And then suddenly we already have we have the the other sketch that we had from before with these people who live in a sort of a couple of inches of Mm. water (laughs) that we didn't know what to do with. Mm. But now, on land. On land. Now it's something. (laughs) Now it's something. Um, I like that, Andy. Thanks. Thank you, Daniel J. Mm. Less, let's K. (laughs) Plod clan. Mm -hmm. Our next next, uh, listener who's donated uh, three words is James Roy. James Roy. James Roy. R-O-Y-E. Would you say Roy? Roy. Roye? Ro- mm-hmm. Roja? Roja? Well, I think knowing how you like to type things on the, yeah, on the it's, phone, it's probably, it's probably just Royce James or something. Roy E. Yeah. You know, you put the E in there. Oh, that's true. Okay. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. First word, all-encompassing. <laughs> 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 really good. Second word, background. Okay. And third word, experience. All-encompassing background experience. Mm. Mm, interesting. It almost feels Very like evocative. we've had these words on the podcast before, but yeah? it's possible that we haven't as well. Oh my All-encompassing God. background experience. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, what if we um, – what if we as a – as a, as a species. Have I read this out before? I don't know. I don't know. What if we as a species mm-hmm. had never learned about editing, right? Yeah. So every time you want to tell a story, you've got to start from the beginning of your life and tell up to that point. Yeah, right? wow. Would that be interesting in any way? Like, But then why would you edit it by starting it at the time of your, the beginning of your life and not at the beginning of time? Yeah, you're probably right. Mm. I think We don't know about editing. How do we know? And then nobody has ever written the story to its f- conclusion, mm-hmm. gotten to even the current day. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the race is that you've got to write your story mm. so fast throughout your mm. life to try and mm. get to the story you actually want to tell. Mm-hmm. Everyone's all filling in the background. Mm. What about Alistair? Mm-hmm. How, everyone's always talking about we, are we living in a simulation? Yeah. What if we're not living? What if we're living in a story, right? And what if this is 
what if this is just a you said we might be holograms mm. what if we are just a hologram what if we're just an you know a projection of somebody telling a story about a different universe right and they're just trying to get up to the point where um the thing that they're talking about mm. happens okay and that's when the universe will end when they finally get to the thing that they were trying to say so in order to tell the story mm-hmm. they have to give all the detail and then that's just us you know this would fit in with your thing about everything being deterministic it's not things aren't happening because um of you know choices mm-hmm. things are happening because that's what happened in the story it's and just... the, the universe is expanding because of all the world building that's happening mm, correct and the reason why it's still speeding up that physicists can't explain mm-hmm. is because the person telling the story is getting really excited because he knows a good bit's coming up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I mean, no, it could be, uh, we could be getting to something. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, but then what is, so in the sketch, this is almost more like a sci-fi story mm. maybe, but we, we somehow find a way to discover or we some, somehow discover how to get outside of the story and see that we're inside a mind or see that we're where are we are we where does this physical thing this hologram sort of manifest itself is it in the mind of a person we realize that we're in a brain that we're mm. we can see the synapses or something like that through we got like they realize all the little subatomic particles that we thought were you know part made up of matter were mm. actually just made up of ideas mm. and and the, the, a mental picture they're all just you know plot points at its at its fundamental source mm. it's just electricity just energy so then we're like we realize that's you know and so then we're like fuck and then we somehow get to the outside of that and then we start climbing out mm. of the thing's ear mm. and we get to see <laughs> the universe as it is it's pretty much the same, but bigger. Yeah, I think so, and more detailed, <laughs> more, right? Because, way more detailed. Because they're always going to have to lock, overlook some level of detail, mm. right? So that's that's why, um, you know, there's there's a level of detail that we can't observe mm. smaller than the universe, the, the detail level of the universe. They're just in a much more detailed universe, and yeah. we're a sort of a summary but how do we of things break... that had happened in that universe how, up until that point. How do we get from the the level of... Being, being in the, story, in the mind being, mm. to being reality. There's got to be like maybe at this point bodies have 3D printers in them mm. that allow okay. you to take your ideas and make them real. Um, yeah. I mean it's it's hard to imagine because I, I can't, can't quite picture any examples in my experience where a character has gone from being in a story to being being real except perhaps for the movie um, Last Action Hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, what about Homer when he goes through that vortex and he falls into the real oh, world? The 3D world. Yeah. yeah, that episode of Treehouse of Horror. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but like, imagine this, like right? That. So let's say you're telling a story mm. and you've created this character, mm. right, in your mind who has a certain number of traits, mm. right? But as you somehow are transferring them i don't know let's say let's say you your brain knows that what has to be in a brain because mm. it it remembers what was in your mm. brain at the beginning of of mm. time so it gives it that property plus the property of all these memories these constructed memories mm. that you've applied to this character in your head and then it starts to put those into a tiny i don't know it it does you know like uh you know how like snails can have sex with themselves mm. and it does 
it creates yeah it, it creates like you know like single creature recreation of blah blah mm. blah that starts happening using some of this person's sperm goes up into their belly mm. right and then it starts splitting but then all the proteins come and they edit the dna so that it matches the one of the person in the what what they look like in the mm. story and then they start to grow in their belly and then they come out their belly give button. Give birth to a character that character you're telling a story with about. with the ideas. This this is Alistair in this other universe where mm. this is taking place. This is how they reproduce. You have to tell a sufficiently detailed story mm. of the origin of a universe to build up to the point where one of your characters mm. is so detailed mm. that there's enough information there mm. for them to be real. Right, mm. something becomes real once it reaches a level of detail that is equivalent to the level of detail that's encoded into anything that's in your universe, mm. right? Because that's all existence is. It's just information. So all you've got to do is just got to get enough information into mm. one place and then something will become real. That's how it works in this universe. Mm-hmm. So every parent, rather than you know, having sex or something disgusting like that. You yeah. just tell a really, really detailed story and you get to a point and then you give birth to the protagonist of your story. Mm-hmm. God, I hope it's me. I hope I'm the protagonist of this story oh. and not just one of the the ba- universal background, exper- all encompassing background characters <laughs> required to give detail. But all these people are important in mm. the building of how this person's life, you know, and consciousness is mm. shaped. Mm. So you could be important. Oh, I, I don't want to be important, Alistair. I want to be real. I want to be a real boy or blob or whatever kind of creature they are in this universe. Mm-hmm. Universe. Juice. Um, but, and maybe somewhere along telling the story you have or, an orgasm. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, the climax of the story, presumably. Uh, yes, well, you know, that's why this... I reached climax. <laughs> Sorry, the climax. Universe where people reproduce by... Telling a story. Mm. A narratorgasm. Narratorgasm. Yes, I'll write that down, Andrew. Mm. Or narrat- nar- narratorganism. Asm. Narratorganism. Asm. I didn't look at what time we need to be at that thing. Um, sorry, do you want to just pause it for one second? Thanks for bearing with us for the duration of that. Pause that in the recording. Pause that while we had a tiny little panic. Um, I feel like that's basically what my mum does every time she tells a story. She honestly, she if she wants to tell a story, she goes so far back and mm. gives so much detail. It is like she is trying to create an entirely new universe. Well, you know, I was I was told um, that reading shouldn't be about what the story is. It should be about the enjoyment of the journey, mm. of enjoying. The words and the and the, mm. the descriptions and the beauty. Of yeah, it. and that's exactly the experience I'm able to eliminate every time I go and read a synopsis on Wikipedia. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, uh, I think I think this story based um, procreation mm-hmm. um, thing is quite. It's a really interesting philosophical. Mm. Philo- philosophically, it's fascinating. Like I feel mm-hmm. like if I was Jorge Lue Borges mm. and I and I wrote that mm. as really well like he does mm. i'd probably win a nobel prize yeah. probably yeah i mean no bloody doubt yes <laughs> um and then the 
last, I guess now we're just going to do, uh, so we've already got five sketches, so we're just going to do uh, three words from a listener. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and we're going to go to a, a very recent uh, addition to the to the uh, Patreon. The Patreon Pantheon. Yes. Jimbry. 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 Daniel K. Um, Jimbry's words are egg. Yes. Postman. Mm. Rises. Egg postman rises. I mean, this one writes itself, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it's a... It's a postman who died. Yep. Um, but then turned into an egg. <laughs> and then is and then comes back to life and then finishes the job because mm. he's got unfinished business. Uh, a ba- bag of mail. A bag of mail. I mean, it wouldn't be really all that surprising to me if um, if postmen did reproduce via eggs mm. that are kind of like envelopes. Yeah. Right, so like they they'll pa- post an envelope through your slot, and if you leave the envelope mm. unopened for long enough, right, it'll sort of start to swell up until it's like a parcel, mm. and then it'll turn into a package, yeah, and then you know it'll 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 eventually burst open, and there'll mm. be another postman there. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe the the final stage is a mailbox, mm. and then inside a fully grown adult mailman comes out. Yeah. He has the key. He's got the key. Yes. Comes out and goes, sorry, excuse me, don't mean to be a bother. Or he just knocks on your door and he leaves a little note. It wouldn't, like, like it it just seems to make sense to me because because you think about being a postman, Mm. right? If If they weren't a human but they were more like a sort of a plant, right? Yeah. Think about plants. They need to distribute their seeds as far and wide as they can. And the way that they do that is by making something that is desirable, which is a fruit. So it's eaten by monkeys or birds or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they fly around and they poop that out. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a postman and you reproduce um, via, via, via envelopes, mm-hmm. it makes sense that you create the entire idea of a mail network and you do distribute other people's mail and that sort of mm-hmm. thing as well. But you put you know, your seed a, on it. To, to give an excuse for, um, for, for going out and putting it into people's letterboxes mm-hmm. so that they take it into their houses or whatever, mm. right? It spreads it out far and wide. Mm-hmm. But then some of those envelopes, like those ones that are just addressed to the householder yeah. that you know are just like some sort of bullshit spam, mm. right? They're the ones that are actually the reproductive material to the post postman that you go and you just put in a cupboard and you forget about them and then over time mm-hmm. they they uh yeah they, they uh do you think that they get the other genetic material from the edge of your letterbox you know as they pop it in mm, it's wherever you've run gets your fingers inseminated or something you've, yeah you've run your fingers along there to try to get mail out in the past and it's yeah. always kind of like awkward trying to get your finger in bit the hole scratchy. bit scratchy things like that little skin cells get mm. in there and then that mailman slots in his dirty to the household <laughs> um, unfertilized un- mail fertilized uh, to the household envelope yeah and then slowly but surely i mean if you don't just pop that straight into the recycling bin and instead you put it in a little pile of letters that you will check one day mm. that's how they breed correct like that's the that's the that's the mailman's version of like a seed dropping to the ground from a sycamore tree from a sycamore tree and then falling deep enough into the earth 
on a sort of a, you know, a, a misty day that mm. that moisture can activate the sprouting process. Mm -hmm. The pores. Mm. Yeah, this is the sickest amore of all. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> a sick amore. <laughs> when the tree has a branch and it looks like a... <laughs> yes. Um, when the seed twirls around as it falls to the ground, that's sycamore. Sycamore. Mm -hmm. Is this the sketch? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Alistair. That's Post. the best one we've come up with so far. Uh, better than Justice O's <laughs> prosecution of an asteroid belt for the reptiles? I don't think so. Yes. Yes. Um, oh, I love it. Love it. Um, I wonder what roid, roid rage mm. could be asteroid based as well. Doesn't mm. have to be steroids. Could be anything that ends in roid. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it could be. I don't think you would have roid rage as it enters the atmosphere and it kind of heats up the atmosphere to the point where everybody on everything becomes a plasma and you mm. all get vaporized. Yeah. But I think there would be roid disappointment, mm. you know? Ah, nuts. <laughs> you would think yeah. as a vapor? Well, you know, as that beginning part where you see it enter and you go, oh, my God, that's incredible. You go, oh, no, this is bad. That is much mm. too big. It's too close. It's too close. Too it's too big. But imagine if you saw something the size of, like, the moon entering mm. the Earth's atmosphere. Mm. There would be a big part of you going, oh, fiddlesticks. Yeah. This is going to be really bad. And your mind would work fast enough that you could imagine. I don't know if it would. I don't know if it would. I think like you could be like, like you would kind of make sense of it. You'd be like, I know what I'm seeing. I can't believe that this is not special effects. Mm. right? But I wonder if you could stay al alive for long enough mm. to see it knock some of the earth like up into the air mm. and see that air go that, that earth goes so up that it like is released from the gravity of the earth mm. and you see it spin around the earth orbiting orbiting yeah. do you think it could happen that fast or do you think you would already die by the time it's entering the atmosphere oh, look i think i'd die but i feel like you might be a bit more robust well i could be inside my car yeah okay <laughs> And I get just get that extra bit of shielding, whereas you'd be outside weeding or something like that, and that's yeah, you die it's instantly. A, it's a really accurate. You got me there, Alistair. <laughs> oh, wasting your life, and then wasting the last few moments mm -hmm. in particular, that whereas you I'm, were enjoying in your car, where I was sitting, listening to music, avoiding going inside to engage with life. Correcto. Mm. Correcto, okay. Mundo. So I'll take us through the. Um, in, nobody ever says Incorrectamundo, do they? Incorrectamundo. Anyway. They just started. Um, I think I think these ideas kind of got a little bit more interesting as the mm. episode went on. But mm. let's go back to the beginning. Oh, I guess, look, the first sketch is Sticky Transport. That know, checks out. And w including sticky seats that are just mm. kind of a gummy, sticky substance that kind of envelops you a little bit when you sit, yep. sit down. And they replace uh, seat belts. Yeah. They replaced the strapping on um, on uh, snowboards. Yep. Which I see as a form of transport. Mm. Oh, imagine that. If you could just get this sticky substance instead of chairlifts, like that, instead of sort of a chairlift that comes underneath you, 
it's just a gooey substance that kind of envelops your back. Well, yeah, just sticks to your back and then kind of suctions mm. you up and then sort of just picks you up like that and it just kind of carries you and you just dangle. Yeah, we get we'd get carried everywhere as if we're sort of the prey of a giant slug mm. or something. I imagine that's what they do. They sort of mm. gloop you. I reckon maybe if maybe slime mold if we could use if we could learn to control slime mold like mm. we've sort of dominated the horse world, mm. you know, and they could probably do that for us. I you know, you, you ever get like a try and pick up a snail? Yeah, right. all the time. And sometimes they really do seem to stick to the ground quite well. Mm. Like if we could get I those, think, yeah, that's a So thing that like do. the bat, you know, if I imagine sitting into a seat in a car and you're actually folding yourself into sort of the curved underbelly of a giant snail or mm. slug, that would feel quite nice. Yeah, I think there's a and thing they'd really grip. I guess it would be like you know abalone mm. those, like, creatures. When if you, I've never actually done this, but people who go and Pry, pry them off rocks mm. um, with like a screwdriver or whatever on deep in the I've sea. I've done it. You've done it? Yeah. Well, apparently if you if you try first and you don't get them on the first go. You're done. They really suck down there. <laughs> oh. And then it's like almost impossible to yeah, pry them yeah. off. So you have to kind of be really quick cause, or else they, they find out that you're trying to get them. Mm. And then they're like, oh, fuck you. I'm going to be like... You know fr- what? I'm not going to die. I'm going to be like the fridge door after you've just closed it. You know, some fridges do that thing where you just close the fridge and you go, oh, no, actually, I want to get back in. But then it's doing some weird suction thing. Like that and you can't no, get no, it back no. open. Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. That's I'm my Ben fridge. Russell. Yeah, very good. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. Angle. Wait, eagle. Oh, no, ankle deep. I wrote, mm. ang- I wrote angle deep. <laughs> angle deep. Ankle deep. Touched by an ankle. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> That's nothing. Um, um, ankle grinder? Is that anything? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh that's what they should call netball. Mm. Anyway, all right. Touched by an uncle? Is that anything? Oh! <laughs> all right. Ankle deep water international country. Mm. It's not really a country, but Nothing it's six needs people to be live said there. About no, that. it's a Nothing it's a, more needs no, to be six said. Six people live in there. They're trying to build up their tourism. <laughs> they invite people to come. All it is is just a sandbar somewhere in the middle of the ocean, and they're trying to pitch it as a tourism destination. $1,000 mm. a night. Mm, okay. But it's a unique experience. But they it? are carrying you for that night. Although you're well, sleeping on you're their sleeping back. You're sleeping on their body, yeah. Yeah. How would you do it? Would you just bend over? Do you think bend over I'd and probably, let them... Like if it's only an ankle deep, I'd lie down on my back and I'd let them lie on top of me. And so if there's any waves and stuff, water will just go in your mouth and And I'll nose finally and be like free that. of this <laughs> hell I've created. <laughs> um... Justice O's prosecution <laughs> of an asteroid belt for the reptiles. I mean, that one. I think I like Justice O more than I like the rest of it. No, yeah. the whole thing is good. What? Where the reptiles get all this money and then slowly <laughs> but surely we start deciding that we'll just keep it for ourselves? That's a really good idea. Okay. Underwater team that go and help people who will die soon to do things that would have killed them. Mm. You know, interesting things like tasting lead and mm. having... Uh, very, very, and today's a very regular episode about death. Jumping, jumping into a volcano. I mean, that would be interesting. Helping people to end it every episode. Yeah. I mean, 
not necessarily about a group of bears that dress up as octopuses and go in transparent bubbles under the water. Why are they bears? I thought it'd be interesting. Yeah, I think that was interesting. But they're people in bear suits. They're just people. Okay. (laughs) Who are oh, that is interesting. Living under the sea to escape their troubles with the law. Because I well, guess you couldn't been around a lot of death. Yeah, well, you couldn't assist that many <laughs> suicides, I guess, without arising some suspicion. Right. So it is. It is sort of like it's an assisted suicide group. Yeah, but doing it in creative, Every fun ways that could actually had, help you suffer quite a bit more with a suicide. <laughs> mm. That's that's really that's really something. But one you know, episode, like Paw they Patrol, just... they always rescue someone from the a fucking cliff edge or something. Well, mm. here they're rescuing them from the nightmare that is life. Cliff edges aren't as big a problem in real life as movies they're make really them not. seem. They're really not. They're always Usually, crumbling, aren't they? Yeah, they're and they, but they always sort of are just around, and they're not sort mm. of uh, they're not signposted as well as they uh, they could be. As they perhaps could be and are in real life. Mm-hmm. Then we have the universe where people reproduce by telling a story of a person. Uh, or of a whole other universe. Or a universe. To get sufficient detail. You tell it across aeons and aeons. And yes, the expansion is accelerating because they're getting close to the climax mm-hmm. and they're excited. Imagine that. So, But I wonder what happens to you in that universe. Let's say this is our universe and then your there's been enough details put into you. Mm. And so suddenly you're about to be taken out of this world mm. and into the real world. I wonder what that would look like. Mm. I reckon I'd get all sweaty. <laughs> there you go. The perfect solution. <laughs> I might start to glow. Could I start to glow then? Yeah. Well, I guess that's yeah, that's one. Mm. But I mean. And everything swirls around me. Yeah. There you go. Swirling. And then we got postman reproduce via letters. That checks out. Yeah, wouldn't be at all surprised. Thank you so much for listening to Two in the Think Tank. We really do appreciate it very much. Thank you to everybody who's been. Contacting us via either Patreon or any other way. It's nice to you just have your interactions. Thank you so much, you know, for even bothering to listen. Reviewing. Reviewing. iTunes. Uh, remember that you can always uh, go and buy tickets to our comedy festival shows. Always, constantly. <laughs> um, because uh, we've got Teleport coming up, Comedy Festival in Melbourne, starting in late March. Into, but the earlier you buy tickets, the more certain you are of getting a seat. Mm. And the more certain we are that this could be in any way financially viable, it's a great way to support the show. Yes, um, support the people who support the show. And if you're after you've decided whether or not you're going to teleport, uh, there is also the other show that I'm doing, a solo stand-up show called uh, Couldn't Be More Thrilled With Everything. And that's a secondary thought that you could have. We've been talking some about reason... some of the jokes that are going to be in this show. And mm. let me tell you, they're real good jokes. I appreciate that, Andy. But uh, teleport is coming along so fun and so fine. Mm. Uh, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be good. Feel free to review us. Uh, contact us on uh, Twitter at Two and Tank on, you know, Facebook as well or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? Take care of yourselves. Take care of your families. Uh, love each other. And most importantly, we love love you. you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.